It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And Dompele with a lovely ball through the middle. Son might be in here and Spurs lead on five minutes. Do you know who? Jun Son. His finishing run now is utterly ruthless. Brilliant goal. Spurs won Manchester City nil. And Spurs with their first meaningful attack lead. Brilliant play in centre midfield for who wait on that? Lo Celso is in and off the bench. Giovanni Lo Celso has made it 2 0. A brilliantly constructed goal from Spurs. And Manchester City have been caught out again. Giovanni Lo Celso has been on the pitch. to the last word on Spurs. No, this isn't Ricky Sachs doing a terrible Danny Dyer impression. I'm Richard Cracknell. Some of you know me as Crackers and others will be now saying, oh no, not the fat gobby bloke from Twitter. Yes, it's me uh, standing in for Ricky while he's away on international duty. Uh, He's having a baby. No news as of yet, but we're all across it. Okay, we'll we'll go straight to the um, the maternity suite as soon as as soon as there's news, we'll cross live. And it's like transfer deadline day, Sky Sports news. <laughs> so <laughs> all the best to uh, Ricky and Mrs. Stack. So uh, yeah, good stuff. You got me for two or three shows. Um, Intro to guests, it says here on my notes. Look, 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 look. I'm showing everybody on Zoom for those on audio. Notes. I've written notes, believe it or not. 
First up mate. from the Daily Hotspur is Jamie Brown. Jamie, how are you doing? Yeah, very, very good. And uh, whoa, I mean, certainly a, certainly a quiet one to start for you, Richard. You know, not much happened over the weekend, did it really? So, uh, you know, at least you've got a nice and quiet show to start with. But um, now, firstly, best uh, best wishes to Ricky. I hope everything goes well um, and smoothly. But yeah, obviously um, an exciting show to start with. And um, I've actually been given the exciting job of recording the podcast. So um, hopefully you're listening to this. And if you are, I've done my job correctly. So uh, fingers yeah. crossed. We've got this. We've got this. Ricky, relax. Relax, Ricky. Just concentrate on your breathing. Air and gas, air and grass, hot towels. You'll be fine, mate. You'll be fine. Anybody think Ricky's having the baby? He will be <laughs> after this, mate. <laughs> Next up, as you've just heard, of course, it's the train driver extraordinaire. He's on that train to the title, maybe. Who knows? It's Mr. Lee McQueen. Yes, crackers. Absolutely brilliant. Love to have you on here. Absolutely superb to, to, to be back with you guys. Uh, best wishes to Ricky and Naz, as uh, as um, Jamie just said. And the, look, the crazy train. It ain't going to get much crazier than tonight, I'll be honest with you. But it is absolutely rolling and full steam ahead. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And finally, to uh, finish off the uh, trio of guests this week, uh, from Lily White Rose, John Wenham. Hello, Rich. How you doing, mate? Great to have you on. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the show tonight. We've got a super positive panel amongst us. Huge, huge win yesterday that had, and I'm absolutely buzzing. Brilliant stuff. Brilliant, brilliant. I'm saying that Ricky planned this baby to come during this time of Man City, Chelsea and Arsenal thinking, oh man, if we get dicked in them three games, it's going to be tough going on the show. So I'll have a baby about that time. Hand it over to Crackers. He can deal with all the doom and gloom. It's not worked out that way, has it? Oh man, super stuff. Brilliant, brilliant. Listen, just before we get uh, a bit crazy and a bit upbeat and everything, I just want to do a very small uh, piece. Ray Clements, um, who very sadly died earlier this week. Uh, Ray, lovely man. Not just a brilliant footballer, brilliant goalkeeper, won everything in the game, but a really lovely, humble guy. Worked with him a few times on the Legends Nights and honestly, you'd speak to him about winning European Cups and league titles and FA Cups and he really was remarkably humble over it. Had a great, great love of Spurs, great, great love of Liverpool, great, great love of, of England. And, uh, yeah, just a really, really lovely guy. And I spoke to uh, his daughter-in-law um, a couple of days ago and she said, we've just been absolutely inundated and overwhelmed with tributes and lovely messages. And we've been trying to get through every one of them, which is just a mark of the man that he was so uh yeah terribly sad news but you know a life well celebrated um with everything that we've seen this week with the tributes to ray so god bless ray thank you ray and uh there you go that was that's ray clements uh great spurs goalkeeper great england goalkeeper great liverpool goalkeeper great man so uh there you go well All right, said, chaps, thank you very much so, just a small matter of Tottenham 2, Manchester City nil. Can you believe... Oh, just, where, where do we start? I'm going to start with you, Jamie. Um, just a quick overview before we put some meat on the bones of that uh, 90, 95 minutes yesterday. 
Away you go. Yeah, I mean, firstly, it was, in a way, it was slightly similar to when we did it last season, the same result when we beat them 2-0 at home. But this time, we felt a lot more in control. I think a lot of people kind of will complain about maybe did we park the bus but we were in total control of that game for pretty much the majority of it. And I think that that was so pleasing. Um, we were so well tactically drilled in terms of defensively. Um, of course, you know, Dyer and Alderweireld and Aurea, they've not really hit the best forms over the last couple of months. But yesterday, they were absolutely superb. They obviously know, knew their jobs totally, what they were doing. Um, and it, yeah, a really, really great tactical performance. And then, of course, you know, there was just the real quality that we had in attack. Um, that allowed us kind of to produce those big moments that we needed, of course, for the two goals. Um, so, yeah, a really good tactical performance. And then, of course, on top of that, we had the uh, attacking quality of the likes of Kane and Son. So a really, really pleasing performance. And it was a really mature one, um, which I'm sure we'll get into in a minute. But, yeah, really, really pleasing that performance. Brilliant stuff. John, for you, um, it was, as uh, as Jamie said, a mature performance, but disciplined as well. Everyone to a man knew their job and the discipline throughout the side was just fantastic to see. Yeah, for me and, and for Jose, actually, this was the definition of, of a plan coming together. You know, this was a, we set up to counter City, sit there with a sort of low block or mid block and be ready to pounce as City poured men forward. And we did exactly that, you know. Even, you know, so early on in the game, five minutes in, we saw that opportunity. Tanga Yundumbele, beautiful ball forward. Kane tracks the centre-halves and then you go Sun. We've seen that goal so many times. You know, Sun in front of goal now, it's almost a guarantee. You know, he's through on goal, he's scoring, simple as that. Um, he loves a goal against City. He loves rolling one through Edison's legs because I was absolutely buzzing with that. It was just quick, direct movement. We've become so good at this. People say, oh, it was a, you know, you sat back or parked the bus or whatever, but it's just getting the job done. I have watched Tottenham in so many big occasions or big games, semi-finals, against Jose Mourinho sides for Chelsea, Man United, where we've had 60, 70% of the possession. Who's the one who's advanced to the final? Who's the one who's lifted the trophy? It's never us, you know? So I don't care about possession. I care about the final score at the end of the day. And for us to get such a big statement win already this season, people are saying, oh, Tottenham haven't played anyone. We've already beaten Manchester United, Pummelingham, 6-1 at Old Trafford. We've knocked Chelsea out of the cup. We've now beaten City. We've beaten fourth place Southampton, whacking five in. You know, it's about time we get some respects and... Um, yeah, I'm really, really excited about how the season's going so far. And it was a real tribute to the club, actually, to get such a statement win. And to echo your words, crackers, on Ray Clements as well, you know, on such a, an occasion where the club, must see, I thought, very well. Um, to get that win as well was lovely for all concerned. Brilliant stuff. Lee, to you, I know you've normally got your little book of blue stats. It's here, mate. It's here. Yes. <laughs> Come on, hit us with some stats from yesterday. Sure, and I think you know. I think when you actually look at the stats, um, you know they don't. They're not brilliant in terms of reading. When you look at possession of football, shots on target, actually attempts, you know, touches, passes, all of the, all of the lovely stuff. You know, the fully stuff, the stuff that will really, you know, that really makes your team look great. But the reality is that they didn't score, and and they. I'll be honest with you, they didn't look like scoring. I, I think, you know, I'm going to take a slightly different take on this. I know we're getting to it a little bit later on, Crackers, but I actually think it's just about us getting used to Tottenham not making mistakes. I think it was absolutely faultless yesterday. We're used to us making mistakes. So we're very uncomfortable. We ain't got the football, right? When we've got the football, but 
we're okay. We're we're in our comfort zone because we've got the football, and therefore, you know, you can't score if uh, if the opposition ain't got the football, right? Um, well, unless you're Kieran Trippier against Chelsea, of course, because then that can still happen. <laughs> um, but but the point being is that we you know we're going to uh, to teams now saying you can have the football if you want. It's no problem because we've got a strategy, as Jose said, just so we've got a plan. And uh, and as John said, you know, Hannibal loves it when a plan comes together, and it was proper a team. You know, the team yesterday was a team from 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 Luis all the way through. They were absolutely outstanding. It was the best team performance I, I personally have seen, certainly in the last couple of years. I mean, I can't I can't remember a better team performance than that. I think what's worrying some Spurs fans, and look, I'm not gonna lie, you, you sit there and you go, oh, 34% possession. But but we got the job done. I think we had less possession when uh, when we beat Leicester three 0 as well. And so so you know it's just getting used to that that element of change. And you know for, I for one I'm loving the results. I don't think that there was it was parking the bus on the basis that we didn't get pummeled. Um, Larice had one decent save to make one, and it was a brilliant save by the way. But he had one to make. Um, five shots on target, Man City the whole game. Yeah, they had 22 attempts, but they were. They were both attempts because we defended so well. We were excellent, and and there there is an art to defend them. Um, people that excuse me, people that go on and win the league, teams that go on and win the league will have the best defense in 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 the Premier League. They will. They, that's yes, what happens. Yes. So yeah. you know, it's 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 indicative of what Jose's doing there, and and I'm loving it, Richard. To be fair, I'm, I'm loving it, mate. Brilliant, brilliant. No, I mean, that was a great stat that they had 66% possession. 66 and only five shots on target. If that doesn't tell a story of defensive discipline, then I don't I don't know what. Because I, I would struggle, and there's probably somebody out there with a stat that has had such little possession um, and... Just and just kept it to five shots on target. It's absolutely phenomenal. If you think, if you think crackers, right? Just just quickly on that. Last uh, season before last, when we was at Wembley, we played Manchester United. We absolutely battered them. We battered them, pummeled them. Eleven shots on target. I think twenty of attempts. I think the hair had. An unbelievable game, didn't he? He was saving left, right, and centre. He got a nine out of ten. Man of the match, unbelievable. Luis wasn't like that yesterday. Luis wasn't. He had one save to make, and that's yeah. what we're saying here. It's like that, you know, that some sometimes when you look at the amount of possession they had, the amount of ball they had, the amount of touches, the amount of passes, but they didn't do anything with it because Tottenham was was so good. I, I think as well, that's one thing we did. That at the moment, City are kind of missing a bit of a threat and a cutting edge at the moment. And obviously, I think we set up to allow them chances because we knew if we set up and we defended perfectly. They didn't have that kind of that cutting edge. And that really told us today. Um, I think another thing as well is when we were trying to play on the break, you saw that City were a side that were easy to play through and we're a counter-attacking side. So I think that we kind of let them come on to us and we knew that there'd be chances to kind of play out and then we've got that quality. So I think what we did is we set up to kind of counter uh, Manchester City's weaknesses and we had the quality to go and expose them. And, and for me, it was no surprise that we kind of came away with the win yesterday because it was it was always going to be a tactical battle. And um, I think Jose Mourinho, well, of course, I know Jose Mourinho came out kind of the winner of that tactical battle. So I think that was really pleasing. City actually unbeaten in nine before yesterday people are making out as if they're in some sort of bad form yes. or whatever they started the game with great shout Aaron Torres who's just bagged a hat-trick for Spain Kevin De Bruyne Gabriel Jesus and Bernardo Silva now, this isn't some mugs that we've turned over this is Manchester City 100 points two seasons ago 
uh, Champions League semi-finalists, I believe, last year. And we've comfortably turned them over. Third successive time at the new stadium, we've already beaten them. They're yet to score. Um, uh, yeah, I just find it baffling. We've let in one goal in four league games. Put some respect on the defence, you know. Let's talk about absolutely, that. Absolutely, absolutely. But staying with you, John, um, that first goal, brilliant from Humin Son to, to slot home. But the, the build-up to it now... Spurs, traditionally, you know, I started going in the mid-70s. Yes, kids, I am that old, sorry. Um, and we've always, always loved a flick and a trick and a Gascoigne 35-yarder and a hodl volley. And But have we got to get used to now a more subtle brilliance, as was touched on earlier, with the ball over the top from Dembele. Kane coming forward and taking two with him, leaving that gap. When you analyse it and you look at it, on the face of it, it doesn't look brilliant to start with. It just looks well worked. And the more you watch it, the more brilliant it becomes. So have we got to change our attitudes and our perceptions a little bit as Spurs fans as to what now can be regarded as a bit of brilliance? Yeah, I think I think so. But I also think we've got players that can be brilliant. We've got Kane that can score from 30 yards. We've got Son that can do that. And Gareth Bale, once he gets up to full fitness. So we've got those players that the fans can also love, like I did as a kid with your Ginolas, your Sheringhams, you know, that sort of player. We've got similar players now, actually. But um, yeah, we're learning the dark arts. We're doing something that Tottenham haven't done in my lifetime, which is have the nice players, but not surrounded by dross. You know, we've got a whole squad full of very good players now. And you've got people like Huibier who come in he makes everyone else play better. He brings people up to another level, you know, and those players are just invaluable in football. Sometimes they're not respected enough. And actually I've been really pleased with the Spurs fans reaction to Hoybier in that whenever a Spurs post the man of the match award, he doesn't have to score. He doesn't have to assist, but all the fans are there saying Hoybier, 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 you know, people recognise how important he is in a way that Dembele was for us before Scott Parker, Wilson Plattos even for a season, you know, these are players that bring others up to a certain level. And do you want to win trophies or not? We've got a man now that delivers whatever the cost you know, and if that's us not, you know, uh, beating Wolves at home 4-3 and instead winning 1-0 with two shots on goal and them having 80% position, I'm fine with that. You know, I've waited long enough for a trophy. I'm sure all of you have as well. And, uh, you know, we're beating big teams. This is lovely to see. I'm, re- I'm actually really, really enjoying this season, enjoying the results. And uh, I cannot wait for next uh, weekend's huge game against Chelsea. It's another huge test of where we are. It's going to be challenging. Don't get me wrong. It's a ground we always, always struggle on. Uh, and I think that's a bigger ask for us than the City game was. Uh, I think psychologically as, as well. Um, but if we can get over that hurdle, things are going to start looking very, very interesting. Brilliant stuff. Now, about another eight, nine minutes after that goal, and um, we were sitting back, sitting back, another fantastic move through where Sonny passes over, uh, through to Kane, just offside, just offside. But does Sonny need to be a little bit greedier there? Are they trying to work this assist and this pairing too much? Um, Sonny has to get the shot off there, doesn't he? And then if it's in, it's 2-0 from there as well. So, um, but, you know, um, Lee, I'll come to you. That move again, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant from us. It was fantastic, Crackers. I think that was actually probably one of the moves of the match. 
um, yeah. which is a real shame because it, it, it ended up with uh, Kane, like you say, just being offside and he, and he was offside. Yeah, it was it was a sweeping move. And, and again, people talking about, you know, uh, football and this, that, that, it was fantastic football. I mean, you, you play like that every week, that, that particular move, I, I'm taking that all day long. I thought it was fantastic. One, two touch flowing football from, from, from back to front, which finished in a goal, which obviously was ruled offside. But yeah, I, I think Sonny, probably should have hit that. If he hits that first time, just lets it come across his body a little bit and smashes it in the back of the net um, with his right foot, it probably goes 2-0. And, and again, I, I remember um, screaming at the telly actually thinking, you know, when we're not to an offside situation, I thought, ah, oh, you've got to take your chances. I think I think that's the only thing that I've got left in my, my brain to change with, which is if you're playing this type of football, this type of plan, when you get into a situation, you watch it as well. Like there's four or five people sprinting up the field, you know, to, to, to do the counter-attack. You've got arrows, arrow, arrow, arrow going after it. If you're getting in that situation, you've got to, you've got to punish the team that you're playing. And it's unfortunate that Kane was just offside. And I, I do think Crackers, he should have, Sonny should have been a little bit more selfish, but easy for me to say up here when, uh, when he's on the pitch, right? <laughs> exactly. Jamie, coming to you, Stephen Bergwijn in the uh, starting 11 yesterday and uh, some thoughts on, uh, on on him because, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, Dad, Stephen Bodgwins, as, uh, as I, I, I should be calling him. But um, a rare start for him. And I thought he was, I thought he was terrific yesterday. Thoughts from you? Yeah, I, I, I kind of wasn't too surprised that he came into the team. I think that we he was brought into the team to kind of add pace. As I said, I think we were looking to play on the counter-attack and Bergvine obviously brings that. Um, you know, you wonder at the moment with Gareth Bale, is he fully up to speed? Is he capable of kind of bringing the ball forward like Bergvine was doing? But it actually was a much more encouraging performance than Bergvine. I thought he got into a lot of good positions. Um, he was linking up with other players well, which is really important. I think that's one criticism, maybe Lucas Moura. He's not been so good at linking up with other players, but I thought yesterday he did really well in terms of, as I said, getting into good positions, linking up with others. Um, but yeah, it was. I thought it was a really good performance from him. And hopefully um, we can see more of that because, you know, to have that kind of option, um, you've got lots of forward options now. And then you've got Gareth Bale to come on. So hopefully if Bergvine can kind of hit the levels that we hope he can and kind of that performance that he produced yesterday, um, then we're going to have a, you know, it's going to be a really exciting squad and it'd be a really strong option um, if, if Bergvine can hit those heights. Excellent stuff. John, coming to you 25 minutes in, and City knocking on the door, and uh, you think to yourself, oh, here we go, they've got their goal, it was coming, it was coming, Laporte puts it in, and it looks like the hand of God is allowed in football, but just not the hand of Jesus. So, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, um, ruled off for, uh, by VAR, and Man City must be absolutely sick of VAR and Tottenham Hotspur, mustn't It's just like every time we play them, they get these VAR decisions. But I know that we get a lot of them go against us. I think, uh, Lee, a couple of episodes ago, you were saying that we, that we get the most decisions against us with VAR. But is this the yin and yang? Because I don't know about you. Do you think that might well have stood if we didn't have VAR and a referee just had a view of that with his own eyes? Yeah, it probably would have done. But for all of Man City's numerous and multiple complaining, the rules are the rules. Um, you know, they keep saying they feel hard done by or De Bruyne comes out and, you know, does some more whinge and he did plenty of it on the pitch as well. And no, the rules are the rules. You, you, you're paid, you're, you're coached the rules, you're taught the rules. And uh, sorry, Man City, but that's how it is. I'm afraid you can't buy yourself out of this one. 
Um, I've got zero sympathy for them, to be honest with you. Um, tough shit, you know. I, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it probably would have looked uh, on, on first eyesight like a, a good goal. Um, it's actually a lovely finish by Laporte for a centre half. He's a cracking player. Um, but yeah, sorry, Man City, they're the rules, and uh, this time you can't wriggle out of it. I had a Man City friend who actually said to me, he thinks Ricky Villa sits in the VAR truck for every time that Man City and Tottenham plays. I'm sure Ricky Villa's looking at these decisions and telling the ref, go and have another look at that. <laughs> but Lee, coming to you, that goal actually came from um, a Loris punch, a punch out, when it looked like the, the, the catch was 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 a better option. Now, you know, I'm not telling Loris, World Cup winner, how to do his job. I'm sat here and, and, and he's Tottenham's goalkeeper. But it looked an odd decision to, to punch out at the time. And uh, I don't know, just sometimes Loris with the odd, odd crazy decision still. Yeah, I think I think you've got to be crazy to be a goalkeeper, to be honest. Um, you look at the way that Edison was charging around a gaff, and then you look at you know uh, the great late Ray Clements, as you talked about before. Um, you know Bruce Grobelar in his day. You know the you know uh, uh, sh- uh, you know all, all of these types of uh, um, individual players in goal. You've got to be a bit crazy. I think that it might have it might have dipped or swerved quite, and it, and it might have put him off quickly. And he he was in two minds. In the end, he kind of. He didn't flap at it because he did get a, a punch out, but he kind of, like, as you say, he punched at it rather than kind of going to catch it. Maybe it, it dipped or swerved right in front of him and he wasn't, he wasn't quite sure. I mean, I find it difficult to criticise Lloris because he did play, he made a fantastic save towards the end of the game um, from, a, uh, from a free header, by the way. Um, and, uh, and also, he's been, at, he's been first class, I think, since Project Restart. I think one of the lads said it, uh, it might have been Ricky, actually, uh, that said it um, in the WhatsApp group, but he's been absolutely superb. Um, so yeah, a, a, a little bit maybe, but I think I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe crack is it just kind of, I don't know, switched. You know what these balls can do sometimes. I can just swing around, you know, and it might have done that. And he just thought, oh, actually, let's just get it out there. And he kind of catted it away, didn't he? Like meow, like a cat. You know what I mean? We've <laughs> <laughs> got trains and cats, baby. You have some strange cats around your way if they're making their noises. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, mate. I've got one downstairs. Floyd, he's downstairs. He always does that. <laughs> Jamie, coming to you, um, the back four, two words for you. Serge Aurier. Now, if there is a rebirth of a player, Serge of late, Serge Aurier 2.0, put a foot wrong yesterday, did he? He was majestic. Yeah, really, really pleasing. I think that just shows you what competition in the squad can do. Um, I think, you know, we've always been wanting it in every area. Um, but you look at both sides, it really seems to have spurred both fullbacks on. You look at the way that Aurea's kind of raised his game since Doherty's been in the team. He's, he's been, unco- he's, you know, he's always been in that comfortable position last season where he knew even if he was to perform badly, he was going to be back in the team. And now he's obviously got someone who's going to be able to take his place um, in Doherty. Um, but yeah, he seems to have really raised his game. Yesterday, he just seemed to be switched on a lot. And that was something that was that was needed. You know, for 90 minutes, Spurs had to be totally switched on with the kind of the, the attack that Manchester City had. Um, and he just seemed to be, he just seemed to do that. So um, a really pleasing performance from him. Um, and again, you know, if we can have those two sort of fullbacks competing, I think that that's going to really raise both their games. And um, yeah, obviously it's another solid option uh, in the squad now with Serge Aurier. John, coming to you, Serge Aurier, a big thumbs up for, for him now, or uh, you still juries out with him? 
If I'm being honest, it'd have to be a huge, huge slice of humble pie uh, on my behalf. I, I wasn't a big fan of Serge Aurier. haven't been since we signed him. Um, but he's improved a lot this season. You know, he, I, I don't know if that's down to Mourinho's management style, whether he's more settled at the club now for whatever reason. Um, the evolution of sort of an axis of him, Endombele and Sizoko, that seems to be working very well. Um, I'm not sure what it is, but there has been a marked improvement in him. And actually, it's decision time with Tottenham with Serge Aurier because he's got two years to run on his contract. Um, they're not going to risk losing another asset, one that they invested £23 million on for nothing. Um, so they need to decide what they're going to do with Serge Aurier January or, or in the summer at the latest when he'll have one year to go. Um, because, yeah, it's decision time. I, I probably at this stage, actually, how well he's done, see where we are in January, I probably would offer him a new deal, maybe an extra year or so on, onto that contract because I think he's he's really shown a determination to fight and, and he seems like a good guy as well. You know, you saw in the Amazon documentary some of the... Uh, extra work he does away from footballing stuff while still on duty for the club. I thought he was excellent in that. Um, and he just seems like a, all right, he's a bit exuberant, but you know, good for him. He seems like a laugh and he seems like a good character. And uh, I'm really impressed with him this season. He's had some really telling contributions and the errors seem to have cut down a lot. So more of the same Serge. He does seem to be like a really good character in the dressing room as well. He seems like really well liked by everyone. And that's kind of the same with Sissoko as well. So it's really important to have those players in the dressing room. So um, I think, yeah, as you, as you saw in the Amazon documentaries, you see on the players' Instagrams, he does seem to be like a really good guy um, and just a really good guy to have in the dressing room. So, um, yeah, really pleased for him that his performances have picked up this year because he's been great. Uh, Lee, um, Serge seems to be head of the UNO uh, committee, doesn't he, in the, he does. in the dressing room and that? I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm eating humble pie as well, so there's a load of it going around and me and John are sharing it on Serge. Um, I was one of the biggest critics, I labelled him as part of the contract rebels um, when, when to port, uh, towards the end of uh, Potch's reign. Um, I thought he was uh, I thought he was disruptive. Um, I thought he did what he wanted. Um, I thought, he, you know, he got caught out with the whole COVID situation as well and I just thought, you know, Individuals like that, they, they, you, know, they, you don't want them in and around a team, you know, when you're, when you're building elite teams, whether or not that's in work, business, you know, whether it's football, you know, what, what, or sport, you want people to be all pulling in the same direction. It just felt like Serge wasn't doing that. But I have to say, since Jose's come in, I think, I think Serge has been brilliant. Um, certainly since Project Restart, he's been very, very good. He's got an ability to uh, cross a very, very good ball. He's got, some, he's got pace. He, he understands how to go forward. And now, dare I say it, and here's a humble pie, he's defending. I think I think his 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 um performance against Manchester United early in the season was faultless, absolutely fantastic, and he scored. And I thought yesterday I was counting up on my silly fouls because it's either Sergio or maybe Musa Sissoko towards late in the game that will give away silly fouls. And he did give away one. I can't I can't say he was completely faultless, but he was fantastic yesterday, as as well a back four. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm with I'm with look to have. I think the thing is with Serge. To, to be fair to him, he's always said, and it was quite public, but he's always said there's no there's no competition for me here. I've got no competition. Now he has. Now he's generally got competition. Doherty coming into the side and actually coming into the team. Now Serge is actually, and he has gone up a level. I think since since then. So. You know, competition for places, you know, the, the, the stuff that Jose's building. And I think when when you look at Jose's management style with the likes of Tungundambele, which I'm sure we'll come on to, Deli Ali, which hopefully we won't come on to. Um, but, you know, we, we you know you look at that, that management style and you can see that he's he, he does love his players. He get his arm around them if, if they work hard and if they do what he's doing. And Serge showed yesterday that he was doing exactly what Jose wanted him to do. And long may that continue, to be fair. 
Brilliant stuff. Yeah, you're saying now that there um, needs to be that, that attitude change that's come from Serge Aurier and maybe one or two players, one player maybe, could do with uh, picking up that, that newfound attitude. Because, I mean, with the Amazon documentary, he absolutely, he, he mullered Serge Aurier, didn't he? And just saying, you're a disaster, a penalty waiting to happen. And that could absolutely kill some players, kill, finish them. But he really seems to have t- taken the ball by the horns there and, and picked himself up and just just superb. Just Spot superb. on. And, and again, just, just to add to that quickly, you know, that's, that's why I think a lot of the fans are either warming to Jose or starting to love Jose now completely. Like, I think we'll back the manager, we'll back the club, it's our football club. But, you know, forget the style of play for a minute when you watch that Amazon documentary and you see him calling out players some people like it some people don't but the point is that's what we're all thinking as fans we're all thinking that all, right. all of us all, right. all of us are going Sergio is a penalty waiting to happen we're all saying it all of us are saying you know work harder you've got to work harder Tunga and Dembele you look like you're just walking around you look like you're like leaning to our peas not doing anything he's just calling them out he's just doing what, what we was he's just saying it out loud to his players what we all thought and and now look at where we are. We, we're sitting top of the league. Excellent stuff. Brilliant. So that's first half of the game done. Gone in one nil up. Super stuff. Half time comes. Talking about half time, we're going to take a little break now. We'll be back with the second half analysis. And of course, Jose's comments after the game, which was absolute box office once again. Don't go anywhere. And we'll see you after this very short break. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey okay we're back thanks very much uh now as we're going to press uh liverpool currently 2-0 up against leicester so if that stays the same spurs top of the league for the whole week a whole week Seven days. You didn't think 2020 could get any crazier? Tottenham <laughs> at top of the league. I don't, even need, I don't even need my screenshot anymore. If it, for a whole week, I actually, actually look at the live table. I don't even look at, need to look at my little screenshot anymore. That's fantastic. <laughs> the, the only downside of this is, is with everybody working from home, there's nobody to go in and give it to at the workplace at the moment, in the office. He's going to have to pretend the cat, the dog, is like some awful goon at work, mate, isn't you? And just go like, come on, top of the league, show the dog the paper. Look at this, look, 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 look. <laughs> Super stuff. All right, so last word on Spurs. I've done a collab. It's, it's the dumb thing these days, isn't it? You crazy kids are having collabs all over the place. Nike with rappers, and uh, which is costing me a fortune, by the way, with my boy and Nike trainers and collabs and, and everything. So, uh, but collabs is the vogue at the moment. Last word on Spurs, no different. I've done a brilliant uh, collab with uh, DJ Amy Lauren at DJ Amy Lauren across her socials, who's bringing you a pre 
pre-match uh, pre mix. That's easy for me to say, a pre-match mix. Um, I don't think there's any uh, Rolling Stones in there or The Doors or, uh, or the like. It's all that dance music you kids love, like New Kids on the Block and Take That. And uh, But no, I, I just, it's brilliant. It is brilliant. I had to listen to yesterday's She's a superb DJ, yeah, so go and check her mate. out. Banging. Lee, come on, you're you're our dance music aficionado here. If you're not, you are now. Brilliant. <laughs> mate, uh, I, I, uh, Amy is quality, mate. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Uh, some of the mixes she, she puts out is fantastic. It's a brilliant, brilliant coup to, to, to get on uh, affiliation. The collab, as you said, uh, with Last World on Spurs. Like, it's brilliant signing. As, as I tweeted yesterday, brilliant signing uh, to get DJ Amy Lawn on the ones and twos, mate. Booyah! Come on, talk to me. <laughs> Jamie, I went collab. Lee's gone collab. You're, you you seem to be our youngest member of this. You're 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 representative yeah. of the youth. Is it a collab or a collab? Uh, it's a collab, I think. That's what I'd say anyway. Mate, I've collab. had a shocker. I've had a proper oh, shocker now. Collab, collab, collab. John, you get the you get the deciding vote here. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Jamie on this one. Ah, Lee, us us. That's a little bit older ones have been I know, voted mate. I, out. I get it wrong. I should have wrote it down. I, I'm learning. I look, you learn every day, crackers, right? You learn every day. <laughs> <laughs> See what they do when they give an old man the job to try and talk up you things. But no, listen, <laughs> it is brilliant. It's brilliant. There's loads of energy in their mixes. So get on them. They're, they're great stuff. All right. Some listener questions now. Okay. So we've had a few in on a similar vein. Uh, ben Yid. Um, also N Lumber Free and uh, Pete Moses. So it was Nathan, Michael and Pete have all asked the same thing or variations of uh, all saying that in Poch we trust, trust the process. Can there any, be anybody other than the bloody stubborn that are now not getting behind Josie? There's still a few out there, one year in charge this year. So a little bit on his first year and a little bit of taking over our hearts with a big gap that was left from Maurizio when he went a year ago. Uh, I'll start with you, John. A little bit on uh, Jose's first year for you. Yeah, it's an interesting one for me personally because uh, I absolutely love Pochettino. I remember we did the a show on Love Sport and the night uh, after he got sacked and, and I was very, very uh, upset and down about it. I felt a deep emotional uh a commitment to Maurizio and uh, I, I really love the football under him, but I'm not one of these stubborn people, you know, I was, you know, very soon after when I, when I saw the club were going in the right direction, um, I've fully taken to Mourinho now, I'm completely on board. And to be honest with you, when we got that win over Arsenal, the first North London derby in the new stadium, that was me completely all in at that point. That game means more to me than anything. And when I saw the way he carried us in that game and managed us in that game to make sure we got that win over the line, the win that will remain in history forever over the line of winning the first North London derby, that means more than anything to me. Um, and I, I've been just so impressed with his uh, management and recruitment over the summer. You know, I've been delighted with some of the uh, signings we've made, the big statement wins, um, the sort of philosophy towards everything at the club. Even, you know, I, I'm a big follower of the youth teams at Tottenham and I've seen a great 
improvement actually in the development opportunities of the younger players. We're no longer seeing this sort of train but don't play strategy. Now, the likes even today of Dennis Serkin, Harvey White, Jack Clark all played for the under-23s despite training with the first team. You know, that's what I want to see. Or I want to see players going out on loan. Finally, the opportunities have been provided. So everything for me, Mourinho, is doing at the moment is going very, very well. And even more key point to highlight would be that he's committed or got Harry Kane and Hummin Song to believe in Tottenham, to believe in staying for the long term. It sounds like Son's going to sign a new deal this week. That's very, very exciting news for the club because he's a superstar that can play for any team in world football. And for him to actually sit down and think, even though we're in the Europa League this year, there's been no voices of discontent. We've not sold any players that we haven't wanted to sell. You know, we've sold Deadwood, we've moved people on that right. we feel we can get better players in. There's no one that's turned around, under, which could have happened, you know, four years in the Champions League, suddenly we're not in it. You could have the likes of Harry Kane if he was a different personality or Endon Bele or Son or any of these other superstars turning around saying, look, I'm not hanging around for that. I want to play in the Europa League, or Champions League. But they've, they've believed in the manager and I think that's the most important thing. Getting him in, told Kane, told Son, let me give this a few more years with Tottenham. I feel like something's going to happen here. Yeah, a man that's been written off in English football and derided by the man and past it, man. Comes to Tottenham, if not won the league for over 60 years. I think we're certainly going to be lifting a trophy this year. Which one it will be, I'm not sure, but that beautiful moment when he goes up alongside Ledley, I just can't wait. Brilliant. Brilliant, John. Smashed it. Smashed it out of the park. Jay, for you, the first year? Yeah, look, if you want to know whether I'm stubborn or not, I did, I did go on the Love Sports show. Um, I actually was I was going on to do a West Ham preview and then just minutes before Maurizio Pochettino was sacked and I was kind of basically in tears and I was saying I don't want Mourinho... And then uh, a couple of a couple of nights later, I had Jose Mourinho kissing the Champions League trophy uh, as my background. So I, I was very quickly on board with it. Um, but no, it's it, I think it's been a re- you know it's been a really pleasing year for me. I think um, uh, you know you look especially over the summer, kind of the way we kind of methodically went through, uh, brought in players, we filled gaps um, that were missing in the squads. Um, we filled them with quality. I mean, but you look at the kind of players that he was able to attract. Obviously, we have Euro- uh, Europa League football. Um, we only have Europa League football, but we were still able to bring in the likes of Gareth Bale, the likes of Sergio Reguilón. And they came to the football club, one, because of Jose Mourinho. And that would have been a big factor. Um, I think he's kind of in line with what Spurs are trying to do now. You look at the stadium, you look at kind of the the, the fan base that we're trying to grow and how much that's grown over recent years. You look at the training facilities and now you've got the, a manager in place that's kind of fitting of of those sort of the, of the stature of the club now. So, um, yeah, I think in terms of the results of well, um, we're starting to get results where maybe we wouldn't have in the past. You know, you see us going to West Brom, getting three points, uh, a, a tough game against Brighton, but we still come up with three points. Um, and then, of course, you see some of the big teams we beat in the likes of Leicester, Arsenal, Manchester United, Manchester City. So, um I think there's certainly a lot to be pleased with um, in his first year. So, yeah, I think I've, I've been really, really pleased with it. Great stuff. Lee, just to draw on a little bit of uh, your away from Spurs work and you work here, obviously, in business and uh, mentoring and that. Is yeah. it really that difficult to change mentality of players, even more so training them to be better players, is to train them to be better thinkers and better mentally? Yeah, um, and it becomes difficult when they they don't want to change. 
that that's the reality. If an individual player doesn't want to change, the mentality will never change. You know, I, I have a, I'm a huge believer in attitude, behaviours, in and, and uh, core values. And, and what what Maurizio did in the football club is actually start our our, our fundamental why. You know, this is why Tottenham Hotspur exists. This is what we are, what we do, who we are. And he got the players to buy into that side. What what Jose is doing now is taking that onto a to, to to the next level. And and hopefully, look, you know, it might not happen this season. Like, let's be real. But, but we're thinking that it probably will, that we get over the line on a trophy. And that's because the players that he's brought in have the same values, the same mentality, the same behavioural attitude as what Jose wants. They're winners. They, they want to be winners. Even Joe Hart, we talked about it before. You know, the, the characters in the dressing room makes a huge difference. Uh, John said earlier, um, you know, early in the show that, Bow hasn't even uh, hit anywhere near his, uh, his stride yet. Yet, the, just having him in the dressing room is a massive, massive impact. And and I think that 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 is the bit where people start to look around, whether or not it's an elite sport or like you said, crackers. If it's in business or whatever, you look around, you build in the team. If there's people pulling in a different direction, you won't win. You won't hit your targets. You won't hit your number. Yeah. You'll be going into your board meetings failing. You'll be going into each season, you know, getting knocked out of the cup or, or failing to get into the top four, whatever your objectives might be. You know, Jose is a, is a fundamental believer in OST, uh, which is objective strategy tactics. And and I, I I don't know if there's any listeners out there. I know we've got a lot of listeners in America. That's absolutely fantastic to have you on again, uh, you know, listening across the pond. But NFL is so tactical. American football is so tactical. The playbook. You know, we... Uh, the reason why you know Netflix done that documentary on called the playbook is because it's a tactical playbook strategy. It's a machine, and that is what Jose is. And once you've got the players buying into that, you know, I remember like you know Paul Merson. To be fair, he got a lot of stick because he said I don't think Kane scored goals under Jose, but but actually it was because Kane didn't play the way Jose wanted him to play then. But, but Kane's open like a book. He's like, okay, I'm a sponge. I'll take this up. I, I want to be better. So I'll, I'll be open to, to making them changes. And, and the same with Son and the same with the playing staff. And, and you know, Tunga and Dembele, like, look at that. You know, it was a, it, but now look at what he's doing. He's pinging balls for assists and, and being brilliant. So the mentality will be difficult to change if the individuals don't want to. That, that's my experience in, in the work or the business that I do. And also watching elite sport all of the time is never good enough to play it myself. But actually looking around, if you're pulling in the right direction, you're pulling in the same way the crazy train's pulling, before I get that one in. But if you're pulling in the right direction, then that, that's when things will start to fundamentally change. And I think that when you listen, as you said before the break, we talk about Jose's explosive post-match comments and stuff. And when you think, when you listen to him and you listen to how he's talking, you can, you can see that's weaved in everything. He talks specifically after the Southampton game, game is a team, the game is a team. It's all about a team. And he was talking specifically about uh, Son and Kane and the link up. Son scored four goals that day, but Kane was just outrageous. He scored not, he's got nine assists. This, this campaign. That's four more than anyone else in the Premier League. I mean, K- Kane is obliterating his assists from, from years gone by. And this guy has done absolutely everything. Another milestone. When he scores his next goal, another milestone. It's just milestones ever. But he's evolving. He's changing because, crackers, he wants to. That's why he's a dream to work with as a, as a manager, as a, as, as a coach. So, so, so for me, it's difficult if you're trying to change the mentality of somebody that don't want to change. They need to want to change. And if they want to, 
then they start buying into it. And I think yesterday was a perfect example of Tottenham Hotspur as a team, as a unit. As I said but earlier, it was a it was a it was the best team performance I've seen in for a long, long time. They've all bought into what he's doing and, and why he's doing it and that strategy. And 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 that's why we won the game. Brilliant. Before we get on to the second half performance, uh, just staying on that vein uh, that Lee was talking about there. At Habib Hayats, uh, another listener question. Thank you for this, Habib. How likely, I'll put this to you, John, okay? How likely is this that we benefited from the Newcastle and West Ham results? I know we often say we shouldn't have dropped points against them. Did those bad results contribute to creating the new tough mentality all the players are now showing? Yeah, it's an interesting question because if we had learned from both of those results, you'd think one or the other wouldn't have happened, you know. Have we more so have we learned from the Everton result? You know, were we so poor that day? Since then, that led us to go out and spend money. That led us to suddenly the purse strings were off and Bale and Regulon were in, you know. Um, I think that was the real eye-opener, the Everton result, if I'm being honest with you, to see where we were. Um, but yeah, certainly, look, we seem to have learned from those games because we've let in one goal in four league games. Uh, you know, so, so our, our defensive record has certainly improved no end. And going back to those two games, it's actually the, the Newcastle game that even today frates me more. Uh, the West Ham game, look, in football, sometimes that just happens. Momentum goes with someone, big London derby, they're bang up for it, they get one and it happens. But that Newcastle game still, and to the end of the season, it's one I worry about, we'll all look back on, as it was just such an injustice and, and so wrong in every way. Uh, you know, Andy Carroll just constantly, aggressively and needlessly screaming for penalties until he got one. And it was 97th minute, you know, when there was never seven minutes of any time on that day. Um, yeah. So that's the one I'll, I'll look back on as the real body blow for me. I just wonder as whether those sort of performances and those kind of results, they maybe stand you in better stead for the rest of the season because you learn from those sort of things. You know, you, you hear about in a lot of professional elite sport, you hear that um, sometimes when something, when you do fail, you can learn from it and come back from it. And it shows you, you've, no, you've got to give more. You've got to kind of, this is an area that you need to uh, work on even more. And, and clearly we've gone away and we have learned from it. So in a way, you could argue, yes, it's so frustrating that we did drop those points, but maybe they're, they were a blessing in disguise because we've gone away, we've worked really hard on them. And so that's kind of the positive side that you've got to look at it because it's shown that we've got to go and give more and we've got to go and work on that side of the game. So, you know, maybe, maybe it was a positive thing in the end, those kind of those performances. Great stuff. OK, coming back to the uh, second half, we'll get some more listener questions later on in the show as well. Thank you to all those that have sent them in. Good stuff. Uh, second half kicked off very much in the vein of the first half. We were defending like Lions, disciplined, Man City knocking on the door. But we get to 64 minutes and Undembele that we've touched on already who'd had a fantastic game. He literally crawled off the pitch. He was he was gone. He was knackered. But he'd given everything. And on comes uh, Lo Celso. And 35 seconds later, 35 seconds, count them. Unbelievable. Lee, he wanted that ball, didn't he, Lo Celso? He wanted that. It was just... He did. It was, the foot race with De Bruyne. De Bruyne he left him standing. Now, I know De Bruyne's had an hour... But the desire from him to get to that ball and a great ball from, from Harry as well through to him. Just fantastic. Well, again, the whole movie, absolutely spot on. I mean, the whole movie started with a, 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 um, a short pass out to Toby Wall 
world from the, from the back. And uh, he, he, he kind of almost pinged it like a little chip shot uh, to, Toby did to, to Kane. And again, the amount of space Kane found himself in, he's, he's done one of his brilliant turns, as he normally does. He's got his head up, which is standard for Kane. Have a look around, and he's just gone at him. And what, what I love to see, I, I love to I, I watch Kane every day of the week, every minute of the day. I just I think he's the best striker. I've said it for ages, best number nine. He's now the best number 10, um, you know, combined. Was that making him best nine and a half? I don't know. But he's, he's absolutely <laughs> world-class for me. And he, he's he's started motoring. And there's not a better sight. I remember the goals that he scored against Chelsea, for example, back on New Year's Day, back in the day where he, he you know, he, he got the ball. And pe- people don't, you don't look at Kane and go, oh, he's rapid, do you? You don't look at him and think, oh, he's absolutely, f-. but they can't get the ball off him. He's got the ball. He's had a little look around. And as you say, Lo Celso is absolutely sprinting on the left. And Kane knows where he is. Absolute perfect ball into Lo Celso. So De Bruyne, uh, De Bruyne couldn't do anything and uh, and he slots it away um, uh, past Edison for 2-0. For classic, classic Jose Mourinho counter-attacking football. Absolutely classic. And again, you can't not look at that and love it. I mean, it was it was bum off your seat situation. You're talking about, you know, these, these you know, players gone by like David Ginola and Glenn Hoddle and, you know, the, the, the absolute greats, Paul Gascoigne. But I'm getting off my seat. I don't know what you like, you guys are doing. I don't know what the listeners are doing, but I'm off my seat. I'm going, go on the cell. So go for it, son. And he's in there, bang, scores. Absolutely outstanding. Uh, again, coming back from the four or five sprinting, get that vision in your mind. Uh, you know, I know we're, um, I know we're on a, on a podcast. You can't visualize, you know, just visualize how many players were sprinting forward during that period of time. They knew it was on and it was always the strategy of the game plan. It's like, bang, we, we're ready to counter. And then there's three or four people pushing past. And when you've got Kane, who generally finds players with, with, with his balls, <laughs> keep that in because that was generally a mistake. Kane finds players absolutely brilliant. When when Harry Kane um, you know fires and passes in, he generally finds people and it ends up in the in the back of the net. So another assist for for King Kane, nine assists now uh, during the Premier League season um, only, and he's he's absolutely top draw. It was uh, it was a masterclass, mate. I have to say. It. Jamie, coming to you, uh, talking of master strokes, master classes, that substitution by Jose. Uh, master stroke, a little bit of luck. What, what, what are you saying with that? Because I love <laughs> his post-match comments where he says some people saying it was a master stroke from the manager, but I'm, I'm not saying that. Of course you're saying that. He's so great at doing that, isn't he, Jose? He's so brilliant at puffing himself up whilst not puffing himself up. But what a substitution. What a time to make it. Yeah, no, it was obviously the right substitution. And again, it's just testament to kind of the options that we have in our squad to be able to bring a player off like Tongi and Dombele and replace him with Giovanni Lo Celso. I think that, yeah, again, it shows you the kind of the strength we do and have in the options we have. Um, and then, of course, Giovanni Lo Celso with his first goal. But, you know, great work from Harry Kane again. And I know on the Amazon documentary, Jose Mourinho said, look, Kane, I'll, I'll make you, I can make you explode into kind of, he wants to be on that top tier. And, and you kind of, you know, you look at the likes of Lewandowski and, uh, you know, all the top strikers in Europe. 
Kane's kind of really redefining what a striker does now. You know, he's, all, he's dropping deep, he's helping out defensively, um, he's creating chances, and that's been brilliant. But I think another thing that needed highlighting from that goal was Alderweireld's pass forward. If you look, it's kind of a really cutting ball through to Kane. Um, and again, that's that's why Alderweireld's been really important for us. You know, when we're trying to beat the press, when we're trying to go forward, to have a guy who can kind of pre- play the ball forward from defence, um, Alderweireld is going to be really important. So that, that of course, it will be a shame um, that Alderweireld is going to be missing. Um, obviously, have to wait on kind of severity and on what grade that muscular injury is. But you know, fingers crossed, it's not too bad. Um, but yeah, it was obviously fantastic from Kane again. As I said, you know, redefining the role of a striker. Um, I'm really pleased for Lacelso that he's got the mark. I think that's really important now. I think. Um, having that psychological block of maybe having not scored in the Premier League, that's now off his back. So um, hopefully we can now continue to see Giovanni Lesselso contribute to more goals in the Premier League because, um, yeah, really, really pleased in that, uh, that moment. Great stuff. Staying on the subject of uh, Toby Alderweireld, John, coming to you at Jamie March 68 has said, with Toby, uh, Toby suffering a knock, do we now have to go again in the January transfer window? For another centre-back? Or have we got enough cover there, do you think, with Tanganga, Rodon, Sanchez? Uh, your thoughts on that, John? Uh, we invested a lot of money in Rodon. I don't think he was the first target, as we saw from the window, with the continuous links to Scrimra and that, those images of uh, you know, the club out in Milan trying to do a deal on that one. But the fact that we've now invested that money in Rodon, uh, it's time to show some faith in him. We've not brought him to sit around. We've not brought him to go on loan. He's straight away in the squad. Uh, it's now time to give him some game time. I also rate Jaffet Tanganga very, very highly. Um, I would like to see him given another opportunity. He's had some some injuries and he's been very unlucky, actually, with injuries because he was uh, a firm favourite of Mourinho's last season after he came in and did so well against Liverpool. Um, so yeah, it's time for these guys to step up now. Prove yourself as a Tottenham player. Prove to the club, prove to Mourinho that we don't need to go out and sign someone else in January. We've got two uh, young uh, British guys here, Tanganga and Rodan. Go and stake your claim. You know, prove yourself as Tottenham players. This is your time to shine, boys. Lee, coming to you with uh, Toby going off on 80 minutes and uh, Rodon coming on, uh, Bow was just about to come on and then that never happened and he back onto the bench. Do you think we could have seen a different outcome to the game if Bow would have got on and then Toby injured or do you think we had that already sewn up and, and done? Yeah, I think I think it was probably I think it was done to to be honest. I think that you know with with, with the way that we were compact as a team and and, and playing uh, the whole game, it, it didn't look like that they were going to score four or five goals. To to be honest, it, you know it looked like they weren't going to score one clearly, and that's what happened. So uh, what I took out of that though, with uh, with Big Joe coming on the pitch, is he he could have had Davis come on. Davis has played as a centre-back. He could have easily put Ben Davis on, but he didn't. He put him on for his Premier League debut, and that says a lot. Jose did this with uh, Tanganga against Liverpool last season, where he put him on and went, mate, you're playing the, the champions elect here, but we don't care. You're good enough. And I think he did the same. It was a little bit of a message as well. For, for Joe to come on with, what, uh, we're 10, 12 minutes with injury time uh, left, um, that was a big statement, in my opinion. It was, it was, it was a say, trust you, you're, you're here, you're part of the team, you're part of the squad. Again, going back to that mentality piece, crackers. This is all about getting people on the crazy trains, about getting everybody on board and making sure that they're they're pulling in the right direction. And you know, he could have easily 
from a management perspective, in my opinion, made the wrong decision by bringing on Ben Davis because Ben could have done a job there as centre back and shown um, um, sewn things up at the back, but he didn't. He put on Joe, and I think that's that's telling. What I also thought was quite telling in Jose's post-match interview, he talked about having three centre backs for um, uh, for the Premier League and only only limited or only two centre backs for Europe. We, he did, what he actually said was, "I've got three centre backs for for the Premier League, but I haven't got Joe for the Europa." And I'm thinking, does that mean that is he counting Sanchez in there? Is he is he actually counting? Because because actually you, ain't, you haven't got three, you got five. Right, so you, do you know what I mean? I thought it was a, it's a strange comment. Maybe he was, he was discounting Toby because of the injury. But I agree with Jamie what you said earlier, buddy, about um, you know sometimes with with um, with Jose he over eggs the amount of injury. Do you remember he did it with Son? Oh, it's a bad yeah. one. It's a yeah. real bad injury, and actually it wasn't. So hopefully it won't be as bad. But he looked in discomfort, and it's a and it's a soft muscle injury, and typically that keeps you up for a longer period of time, don't they, guys? Jose and the injuries, actually, I thought another masterstroke of yesterday and something I must bring up is how he'd built up in the media this issue with Sterling and, and England to the point where it made it basically impossible for Guardiola to select him from the start yesterday. And suddenly City are missing, you know, in my opinion, one of their top three players they've got. And he was brought on when the game's dead with 10 minutes to go. Um, I, I thought that was really, really uh, clever from Mourinho and something new as a Tottenham manager for us to see us sort of dictating the media and playing the pawns before the games happened. And I was really pleased to see that, and that worked really well. And just one more point I want to raise. Had uh, Crackers, you brought up the scenario of had Bale been on and then Toby got injured, for me now, I look at that squad and I just think someone like Hoybier would just slot in at centre-half, no problem, and he'd be absolutely fine. He would just sort of read the game from the back and we'd have no issues. We're now getting enough versatile players like that that can just slot in and do a job and it's not really an issue to the team. I think if anyone at right back got injured in that same scenario, Suzoko would just move there and it would be fine. There wouldn't be some mass, you know, panic stations or anything like that. I think we've moved way beyond that now. The players are very serious, experienced leaders uh, throughout the squad. We've actually got a whole team basically full of captains for their countries. People don't know that like Tavoria goes off and captains the Ivory Coast and some captains South Korea, aside from the obvious ones. We've got this whole team of leaders now that are building up and they're all capable of doing all the jobs across the pitch. So, I have no worry anymore about these these sort of scenarios, you know, or if someone got sent off, someone else would just slot in and we'd be absolutely fine. So things are looking really good for us. Jamie, coming to you, another highlight whilst we're talking about the back four and when that second goal went in, Ledley King's smile. Oh, it just lit up the stadium, didn't it? And I, I mean, I think that's another masterstroke from Mourinho, bringing him in. I mean, he's a great defender and he's also got that DNA, that blueprint of Tottenham running through him as well. And it looks like he's having a real effect on that back four. Um, so Ledley and the effect he seems to have had on Eric Dyer because Eric now seems to have found his position. He's found his slot. He's, Eric's really growing into that, isn't he? I've been really pleased with both of them. As I said, I felt as though, you know, they have been disappointing maybe over kind of recent months or so, but they have this, you know, ever since Project Restart, which of course was around the time that Lendy came in, they've really started to improve. And I have been really, uh, really pleased with um, how Eric Dyer has been doing. But yeah, Lendy King, um, obviously it, it was really nice to see it because he is obviously a club legend. Everyone absolutely loves him. And it is great to have that sort of guy who's re well respected uh, around the club. Obviously everyone knows that he's a club legend. He's a guy who last lifted a trophy for Spurs. Um, so to have that kind of that guy who knows the club really well um, in the dressing room, I think that's a really important factor. Um, so yeah, I've been really, I'm really pleased that we got him in and um, he seems to be doing a great work on the defence as we saw yesterday because um, those two centre-backs, 
Um, maybe they could have been given more and uh, you, you felt, um, especially last season, maybe under Pochettino, um, but they really have kind of elevated their game again because all the viral, you know, we know two or three years ago, he was an outstanding centre-back. Um, but you know he has been, he has been somewhat disappointing. But as I said, since Project Restart, um, he, he he has really been a very very impressive for me. As has Eric Dyer. So yeah, looks like a really great addition. Eddie King to the dressing room. Lee for you, Eric Dyer now settled in that centre back position, and how you think he's done last uh, not just yesterday, last couple of games. I think the turning point for Eric Dyer was the Chelsea game. Uh, he come off a pitch, didn't he? Got the man of the match. I think he played three straight 90-minute games. Uh, again, this is just from memory. I might be wrong, so forgive me. Um, and Jose was just loving him, absolutely loving it. And, and uh, then uh, the thing for me, Crackers, is, and I've said it so many times, so forgive me, listeners, for, for repeating myself, but under the Potcher era, um, probably for two seasons, and also for the first, you know, at least first 10, 15 games with Jose, we just rotated our back centre-backs, uh, our goalkeeper at times, all the time. I've been on this so many times saying that I think we're the only, we're the only Premier League club in history um, to, to, to run two seasons and, and, and have three goalkeepers play in that one, in them two seasons. You know, sometimes you get the odd, oh, right, you play three goalkeepers because one's injured. We played three goalkeepers two seasons on the trot. Like we were almost like rotating them. And th there's certain positions on the pitch that you can rotate. I, I think personally, it's all about partnerships. I think you have to have partnerships with your right back and your right midfielder. I think your partnership with your two centre-backs with the right side of centre-back and the right side of it, um, and, and your full-back, whatever. Now, there's little partnerships around a, around a pitch. And I just don't think it was good for us to keep rotating. I think it's interesting that uh, we were so brilliant yesterday in defence and Toby Alvarez and Eric Dyer, that was a fourth game on a spin playing together fourth game on a trot. Now, this, this is why it's, it's important that you get them them little them pieces. And people say, I oh, know you've got to rest people, you've got to rotate people. The reality is that you've got to keep them that that that, that kind of unit together. I thought, um, you know, Serge, as we talked about earlier, and Regulon was brilliant, but them two. I mean, Eric Dyer, I don't know if the listeners have noticed, but I've got my little uh, blue book out again, Crackers. Eric Dyer has the most headed clearances in the Premier League. So again, it just goes to show that I bet you didn't even know that, but he is he is a commanding effort in the box, heading away uh, the danger, and you know he gets a lot of stick, but he's done he's done brilliantly so far. Long may it continue. Um, you know, fair play to him because I've always liked Eric, and and he went for a real bad. It wasn't even an injury, was it? It was an illness as well, like the appendix and all that sort of stuff. Some real bad stuff, and he's come back. He's 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 signed a new contract. Jose's put his faith in him, and don't forget, Jose hooked him. Uh, was it? Was it against? Was it against Red Star? Was it Red yeah. Star guys? Help me out here. Um, Olympiacos at home. Olympia. Was it Olympiacos? Yeah. He yeah. hooked him at half time, didn't he? I was in the. I was watching the games at the stadium. Probably too many neck oils or gamma rays by that point. But uh, he got hooked at half time, didn't he? And for him to come back from again, to come back to your point you said earlier, earlier crackers about mentality. He could have gone off and you know shrugged his shoulders, couldn't he? He could have gone and cried in his porridge. He could have thrown, oh, get his hand back. That's it. I'm done. Da, da, da. But he didn't. He come back, worked harder, and now he's uh, he's putting in gargantuan performances. Lower league sides having a go at Dyer and questioning his, his selection. The simple fact is, we've played nine games this season. We've let in nine goals. Three of those came in one game, totally bizarre against West Ham. Three of those um, have been penalties, two of them for bizarre handballs that would never normally have been given. We've let in very few goals, you know, and you said he's been selectedly uh, four successive games. We've let in one goal in that time, in four games. Four Premier League games, we let in one goal. And people are going to criticise him. This is the guy 
if he keeps on going as he is, will be England's first choice centre half for the uh, upcoming Euros. No doubt about it. And, and what I love about this, right, and the whole conversation about Eric Dyer is that you know before um, b- before the season started, I think a lot of us was was saying, you know, is he, is he going to be good enough or whatever. You know, I, I love, and I think most of us do, but I love the fact when when the chips are down, this is where you really learn about yourself, about, about anyone else. You know, when the chips are down, it's not going your way. Can you pick yourself up and go again? Can you do that? Have you got the strength to do it? And Dyer's got it. He's got the strength to do it. He come out and said, I want to be the best centre-back in the Premier League. Almost emulating like a John Terry type scenario when Jose was at Chelsea. And you have to say, he's, you know, look, he ain't there yet, but he's he's getting there. And it's it's a work in progress, as we would say in the world of business. It's a, it's a whip. It's a work in progress and he's doing it and he's doing it every week and fair play to him. How much of that lead do you think is down to him actually signing that new contract in uh, Ju- July of this year? A lot of there was a lot of talk beforehand. You know, would we move him on and etc. Maybe just signing that new deal, knowing his future at the Tottenham till at least twenty twenty four, has given him that. You know, to spur him on, it's given him that confidence. I think it, I think it's huge, John. It's a great point. Whatever we do in life, you've got to remember human beings. I think for me that that again the the documentary and actually the follow up uh, uh, pod that Jamie and Ricky did with the producers of the documentary of the Amazon documentary that we, that we were so. Um, so uh, pleased to uh, collaborate. No, co- collab. Yeah, is that my, am I getting that right, boys? <laughs> okay, yeah. The, no, we did a collab on. You know, it, 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 it was you could see they were humanising. You know, the fact that Jose coming in and and getting his stuff out and putting his desk together and it's just you know just normal human stuff like we all do. Eric Dyer is a human being. Yeah, Jamie, I know you've had you know you, you run at a you know a really really um, high level, and when you're injured, it's so difficult to to, to get back. So frustrating, is it? And Dyer's had them big injuries and. Now, he has to have some plaudits now um, because he's putting in them performances. And like I said, uh, the most headed clearances in the Premier League so far this season, like you just said, John, you know, we've, we've let in nine goals, uh, one goal in the last four games. And, and, and Dyer's been present every, every, every time. So you've got to give him credit, haven't you? Jamie, coming to you, just as pleasing as the performance and also part of the performance, but not as obvious, quite subtle, the game management in them last... 10 minutes, 10, 12 minutes was just superb, wasn't it? Harry drawing fouls, getting forward, getting a bit of time off the clock. I mean, and the clock yesterday, by the way, what happened to that? That game seemed like about four hours. Game management, Jamie, for you, brilliant. I'm very pleased you asked me that question because that was something that I really did notice and it was and and I used the word mature to start off with um, and and that's what it really did feel like. Um, Now I remember um, back in like the start of 2018 when we lost to Juventus in the Champions League. I remember at Wembley um, we came very close to kind of eliminating Juventus from the Champions League Um, but the difference was they had the experience. They had that uh, know-how in game management. And um, I remember they just frustrated the crowd by winning, drawing fouls and then being able to see out the win. And that was something that really frustrated me. And I thought, you know, they, it was just the difference was they had that experience. Um, and that was something that we were missing. But yesterday, we really did show that. And that's the sign of many top teams that can kind of close out a game. And, um, you know, you saw the way it really frustrated Man City. And it that made it very difficult for them to come back into the game. Um, we just feel as though we're a nasty team to play against now, which, of course, is what Jose Mourinho spoke about a lot in the documentary. Being clever... Um, it broke up the game a lot. And um, yeah, it was obviously, it was, you, you say it was just a subtle thing, but I think in the context of the game, it was a really big factor because it helped us to close out the game. So 
it just feels as though we have matured a lot as a team and uh, to kind of have that um that game management, you know, it's something that, you know, the long-term listeners on the show will know we spoke about Gamecraft um, a long time ago. Um, and that was kind of a, a big thing. And now Spurs seem to have that. And that was really, really pleasing kind of the way we saw it out yesterday. So, yes, that was a big factor for Spurs yesterday. Lee, for you, the maturity of that last 10 minutes and the game management, it's, it. it's, it's not, as I was saying to Jamie, it's just not one of those obvious things. But if you look at the devil in the detail, it's such an important part, isn't it? Totally. And it's just not a Tottenham team either. We just don't do that. But pre-Jose, again, I'm, I'm going to give him credit again because pre-Jose, we just don't do that. Um, what what really impressed me was Brighton. Um, 2-1 Brighton, we did the same thing. I think it was six or seven minutes uh, towards the end of that game. And the man game management was absolutely outstanding. Again, yesterday, same thing. You know, it, it started, it was almost like we'd... It was a weird one, Crackers, actually, because it was like City should have been pummeling us into like into submission, but they weren't. It was like the other way around. They were giving it everything they could, and they couldn't have anything left. And in the end, we were we were keeping the ball up the other end of the pitch. We started to, I think, then probably before them last ten minutes, I think the possession stats were probably eighty percent, ten percent, or something like that. You know, and it was the last ten minutes that started to claw that back because we kept the ball well, we were very mature. Kane going down for fouls. I mean, the comparisons with old Jose at Chelsea, but Jobber used to do that all day long, all day long. And it's like, now Kane's doing it, you know, backing in, bang, gets a foul. You know, uh, another little one gets a foul. You know, little nudge out, yeah, gets a foul. It's just brilliant game management. And again, love to see it. Part of the game, it's part of that that mentality that we talked about at the beginning of the show, Crackers, that we're, we're now realising, oh, right. Now, is this part of Joe says nice guys don't win type thing? I won't say what he said, of course. Um, but, you know, you've got to be whatever he said, he said that you've got to be. But maybe is that a little bit like that now? I, I, I love to see it. I have to say, I thought it was I thought it was superb. It makes you feel, I'll go back to the point I first made about Jose and the football that we're playing is that we've got to get used to that Spurs are not going to make mistakes. We're so used to us making mistakes. We're so on the edge of our seats going, oh, this is going to go tits up here. It's going to, uh, we can't, we need the football because this is going to go belly up. But it, it isn't going tits up and it isn't going belly up and we are top of the league. So, you know, it, it's just going to take on. a bit of time, isn't it? Do, do you get me though, Crackers? It's just going to take a bit of time mentality for, our, for us fans, for our fans, all of us, to think we're in total control here. If you watch that game back, uh, like, like I said um, on the last pod against West Brom, if you watch the game back when you know the result, we're not under... We, we, I think, Jamie, you said it earlier, we had the game in control. We was in control of the football match. John, coming to you, perversely, are we actually benefiting from no fans in the stadium? Because as Lee said there, that nervousness that we are going to make a mistake, that something is going to go wrong. If there were 60,000, 55,000 Spurs fans in that stadium yesterday, and would the players have picked up from that, that nervousness? And now that's not there. Do you think that's helping? Could that dynamic change if fans are all of a sudden allowed back into stadiums? Uh, I certainly think fans in stadiums has a huge aspect on results. Uh, for one, I, the one I look back on this season, actually, is the 6-1 at Old Trafford. You know, Would Martial have been sent off in front of the Stretford end uh, with a whole 90,000 of them in there screaming, you know, blue murder? 
Uh, probably not, if you ask me. I don't see the ref going for that. Um, you know, and would we have continued to score? No, the United fans would have got right behind them and they wouldn't have stood for it, you know, being humiliated at home in their record ever, uh, joint record ever defeat. Um, so they, they wouldn't have stood for that and it wouldn't have happened in my opinion but I don't think yesterday I, I think yesterday we would have got over the line I think we were just so in control of the game the game I'm actually looking at for, for no fans and it having a positive effect on Tottenham is this trip to Chelsea next week I thought that's a ground we do historically struggle on there's something about it that isn't quite right and not having all that mob there screaming and shouting could be a huge huge benefit for us next week so I think it'll be really telling next week you know, some of us are of an age where we remember when the grounds was open and there was nobody at Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not, there was nobody there anyway. I remember those days, Chelsea, OK, if, if any of you dare to be listening. But, oh, fantastic stuff. Listen, we're going to take another short break. We're going to go away. We've got a game preview coming up for Luda Gretz from Toddy Shumanov. And also a catch-up from the Spurs women's team as well, from Anna at XY Sports. So stick around and listen to those. We'll be back with some predictions for Luda Gretz and a couple of predictions for Chelsea as well. So as I say, don't go anywhere and we'll be back very soon. Eric, congratulations. 2-0 against City. I mean, that was the perfect team performance, wasn't it? Yeah, um... Yeah, obviously, always things we can do better. But um, I think uh, I think we played uh, we, we played really well um, in in the sense that we followed the plan. You know exactly what we wanted to do, and we knew we could we could catch them in those moments. And um, we did just that. We were ruthless in those moments, and then uh, defended really well. I think everyone everyone stood up and made made uh, blocks, tackles, uh, stayed on their feet, didn't give away anything, sloppy. When you could have, everyone performed in those moments, and uh, that's what you have to do against a side like them. And then, yeah, ruthless, ruthless at the other side, and uh, two goals and, and a clean sheet. Give us a little bit of an insight in what it takes to do that against a team like City for 90 minutes. Yeah, um, I think it's 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 small margins. It's it's your it's concentration more than anything. Um, I think it's it's about being being uh, focused and never switching off and there. You know, it's it's cliche, but they're a team that if you give them one chance, they they punish you, and and you know they have the players that if you're when you when you sense that you're in the wrong position, sometimes against other teams, the player on the ball doesn't punish you in that moment. But with them, if you're not if you're not right, they will punish you. So um, you know, I think everyone everyone performed really well and and didn't allow them any of those moments. And if you perform at the peak then you need to be clinical as well because chances yeah. are going to be at a minimum and that's what we were today, weren't they? Yeah, that's what I think I said that to you at West Brom. You know, I think defensively we have to provide a platform for the team because we're always going to score goals, you know. So I always believe I always believe that we're going to score goals. So if we're right defensively and give, give the team that platform to go on and win. We're seeing this squad evolve, aren't we? I mean, you look at, like, Tongi played 65 minutes, sat the first goal, Gio comes on, slots on the second goal. We're yeah. seeing this squad, all players playing a part. Serge comes in today, for instance. Yeah, yeah you know, um, everyone has to be ready um, with the schedule, with the injuries. You know, we've already mentioned that a lot. Everyone is going to have their opportunities and everyone needs to be ready to help the team because uh, there's a there's a bigger goal than... Then everyone's individual needs, you know. There's a there's a there's a team goal, and um, 
it's more important than anyone individually. So uh, I think everyone recognises that and everyone is, is, uh, is following, you know, that way. Well, it sets the month up nicely, doesn't it? A lot of people are talking about the fixtures this month, but yeah. here we go, we, 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 ca we carry on. Yeah, a huge, a huge month for us. A lot of very difficult games. The first one, first one's out of the way. Um, yeah, really, really nice to get off in the right way. Um, and now, uh, yeah, stay, stay, stay focused. And, and now we'll work towards, work towards the next game, Thursday, and, and prepare for that one in the best way we can. Okay, Jose. I mean, that was the definition of a team performance there tonight, wasn't it? Yeah, big team, big team, big hearts, big solidarity. A proper team, a team that I believe uh, makes Tottenham fans proud. People going to the limits of uh, of their uh, energy, uh, sacrifice for the for the team plan, coping very well with, let's say, a new pressure of if you win the match, you go top of the league during 24 hours. Um, I'm I'm very proud of them. They 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 deserve. Big applause and lots of respect from me. Every player put in a shift, didn't they? Yeah, every player. And a big desire from the ones outside to go in and to do the job. Uh, Lucas did it, uh, Gio did it, Rodon did it, and the others that didn't play would do the, would do the same. So there is a big, a big spirit. And, um, you know, the group, is, the group is very strong and very united and I'm, I'm really really proud of them we were so clinical as well and that's important in these games isn't it yeah it's very important you don't have many chances you have uh, five uh, you score two or three we scores two uh, another one was was offside and that's the way it has to be you cannot expect uh, to have uh, five or, or ten or ten chances because they are very good with the ball they keep the ball they move the ball they had the ball from you that's the way that's the way they play and if you try to play the way they do they are better than you. So to beat them, you have to play in a different way. And just finally, I mean, mentally, how big of a result is this for, for those players? You know, again, uh, it's the beauty of, uh, of the group. Um, I'm so pleased, in, you know, and after the game, everybody celebrating uh, uh, together. I'm really, really happy with what we are, uh, we are building. Um, really proud of the guys. Yeah, another clean sheet as well, by the way. Important. Important. Very important. Uh, you score an early goal, you know that City has incredible potential to uh, hypothetically change the game. Even with 2-0, uh, they have it. The clean sheet belongs to everybody. In the extreme situation, belongs to Hugo with a couple of saves but belongs to everybody. Everybody made an, an incredible effort for that. Hello everyone, I'm Anna from Spurs XY and welcome back to the Spurs Women segment here on The Last Word on Spurs. And boy, do we have an exciting segment for you. I am going to talk about the fact that both head coaches have been let go. Our first non-North London derby defeat. I know, sounds exciting, doesn't it? And the fact that Alex Morgan has missed a penalty. No, it wasn't saved. She genuinely missed it. Anyway, let's get started. So the first news was that on the anniversary of Poch being let go, both of the Spurs women managers, Karen Hills and Juan Amoros, were let go um, with immediate effect. So that was kind of a blow. 
wasn't entirely surprising, but I will get into that in a minute. I would like to wish them all the best in the future if they do listen to this. Um, I know Juan and I follow each other on social media, so I'm sure I'll be seeing how he what he gets up to and everything like that. Um, they have been fantastic for the club. I mean, Karen Hills has managed since 2007. She took us from fourth tier southeast combination women's football to the women's super league the top tier of women's football and um, Juan joined in 2011 and he worked up from being a coach to being a co-manager or co-head coach and uh, obviously amongst them they won eight trophies in the years that they were with us which is fantastic they've obviously took up through a lot of promotions Um, a lot of changes have been had to make made and made in the team and all sorts of personnel have had to come and go um, and those trophies included my first game I went to them which was the FA Women's Premier League title they won in 2017 playing against Blackburn Rovers at uh, Charlton Athletics ground and um, that's what made me fall in love with the team because they played some lovely football um, it was very enjoyable and they were just so passionate they loved celebrating that and, and ever, since, ever since then it's it's really what made me fall in love with the team and that has to have come from the managers I mean uh, they are they have lovely personal skills whenever they had time to they were more than happy to talk to the fans um, they even encouraged us to go in pictures in Durham when we want promotion and uh, as I said uh, Juan and I follow each other he's very keen on on keeping in contact with people and he's not you know he's not your person who's like sitting behind like a glass screen or anything they're very interpersonal Um, he's always been very focused on the details of the game so the mindset part is very important to them so um, it was really it was really enjoyable to see us play and to progress so much unfortunately this season that never really happened we signed some incredible players and have some incredible players on loan from America for example but unfortunately the sad fact is that we have in the league at least drawn three and lost four games in the FA Cup we lost the North London derby and in the Continental Tires Cup we've won one game which is the only game we won this season so far against Lionesses um, we lost one and then we drew one and now this draw was the one in the North London derby and you know, this was, uh, it's, it's kind of a draw and a loss at the same time. So if you're not familiar with it in the Continental Tires Cup, it's it's a group stages cup. And if you draw, then you can go to penalties to get an extra point. Um, so it's not kind of like a knockout situation. Um, so we drew against Arsenal, which was the first time we avoided defeat. So that's a, that's one for the history books. And that's they're the first managers to have done that. Um Obviously, we've played a lot lot against Arsenal lately, um, but we did lose on pens. We we lost on penalties. <laughs> um, we scored four and the last one was Alex Morgan to step up and she missed it. She she genuinely just missed it. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's a good time to transition into the game, which was so annoying because we couldn't watch it anywhere. It wasn't streamed anywhere. It wasn't televised. It's not on the FA player because it's not uh, a league game. So we just couldn't watch it. And apparently we played really well. Like following the the tweets on Spurs Women's um, official account, it sounded like we were playing really well. I just watched the highlights before recording this and it looked like we did have some good chances. Our equaliser. So we went down twice. Um, Arsenal scored first and then we equalised in the second half. So we we took that 1-0... 
going down one nil in the first half into the break. That didn't make sense, but you know what I mean. Um, and I was actually, you know, quite all right with it. I mean, it's only one nil. It's really sad mentality to have to feel like you just have to be happy with only one nil. But anyway, and then we equalised in the second half. A lovely goal from Rhea Percival. She took that down really well. She took it down on her chest and then she finished it with her left foot. It was a beautiful finish. Um, the second equaliser was a bit scrappy, but I was just really proud of the team overall to have um, come back and fought back twice against Arsenal. And as I said, con- compared to that, this season, we we haven't done so well in, in fighting back. In fact, we, we would have more often than not crumbled. So it showed a bit more fighting spirit. I was very pleased with that. Um, and we also could have almost won it with a lovely shot from um, Angela Addison and it just hit the woodwork which was really annoying it was oh it was a beautiful strike but yeah unfortunately I can't tell you more about how the game felt or what the performance was like because we weren't able to watch it and it's really ironic that there's this is so annoying that it's one of the best performances against Arsenal and we can't watch it and then obviously we have Morgan stepping up to take the pens and she misses it. I mean, I can't emphasise it enough, but how? So, yeah, that was really disappointing, um, to say the least. So, yeah, I think with the way things have gone this season, I wasn't entirely surprised because, you know, even if you watch, listen to some of my previous um, recordings or segments, you would have heard that I was kind of questioning some of the lineups and some of the choices they were making and the substitutions or the lack of it. So, you know, it's when that happens that, when you start questioning as a fan what the manager's doing and it then doesn't pay off what the manager does like sometimes we can question it and then it worked out like I think Poch made some uh, changes like that or Mourinho made stuff like that and any manager would do it but when it pays off then all the fans obviously almost immediately forgive them but it's when it doesn't when you feel like there's a blatant mistake they're making and then it and then you're right in a really wrong way. Um, that's when you're like, you just kind of start to lose confidence. And I didn't want to lose confidence because obviously they've been with us for so long. And um, I assume, you know, they know everything as well as they do. But um, unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be. Um, we appointed someone very quickly. I'm about to, I know her uh, first name is Rayan. I'm not quite sure if I'm, uh, I don't know if I'm... Um, pronouncing that correctly unfortunately I don't know because I have not heard much about her Rianne Skinner um, so she is now our new head coach with the contract until the end of the 2022-23 season um, I didn't know who she was <laughs> I must be blatantly honest with you so I read the little announcement on the site and uh, basically she has a lot of uh, assistant jobs namely with Arsenal and the Lionesses and worked with the FA and played for Leicester and did some stuff with the Leicester youth team from what I remember. So she's got a lot of experience, but not a lot of like direct head coaching experience. So I think that's what we were looking at. Someone who has the the experience in this league, and for lack of a better word, yes, experience. Well, I'm just going to say that all the time um, in this level of football, but probably, you know, eager to prove herself as a, a sole coach. Um, so yeah, I wish her all the best of luck. I really, I really, really hope we can get back to winning ways because, uh, we definitely need something. We've got, we're on a break now, so we've got international break until actually December when we come back with a league game against Brighton at home on my birthday. So that's exciting, 6th of December. And I really hope that could be our first league win of the season. And she's got a couple 
weeks to sort everything out before then and um, obviously the players will stay fit and their respective national duties and the ones who haven't gone away will be training with her so I really hope things work out there um, we, we definitely need to get back to winning ways uh, if I haven't said that already then yes we need to get back to winning ways <laughs> but yeah um, I think that was pretty much it I, yeah I just wanted to let you know that that's going to be the next game then um, yeah and then that's how December's looking so it's been it's been a, a wild ride um, because it, I was so happy. Um, it, I don't think I've ever seen a club have two managers. Uh, but obviously, feel, anyone feel free to correct me uh, and let me know if there are any clubs out there who do have that. And I thought it was quite a unique combination. And I really enjoyed the fact that Karen's been with us forever. And she also used to um, manage not only the first team, but she she had her hands in the academy and, and everything else. So they were clearly across the whole thing and very passionate about everything. Um, but... Uh, but unfortunately, you know, time, you have to move on and we've we've let go of some amazing players and uh, now we've had to let go of some amazing coaches and staff as well. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm really glad that we still have a, a female coach because, um, not just because it's a woman's thing, it's just that I feel like they're equally capable, but I would not see women's coaches being chosen in, in men's games or men's leagues. And I'm really, I'm really glad that they do have the options here, and I, I hope she, she can prove herself, and and we can push forward because obviously the, the club as a whole has a lot of faith in the women's team. Obviously, all our signings have um, have shown that. So it'd be nice to to take the next steps forward, uh, which will be a really tough year to recover from. So we'll have to wait and see. But um, but yeah, I think I think I've rambled on for enough for long enough. Let me know. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed this. This was a bit longer, a lot more things to cover with it. But overall, I just wish Karen and Juan the best of luck in the future. And thank you for everything you have done for us. I mean, way before I even started supporting the club. Um, and even since then, you know, they came across as, as great people. And um, we wouldn't be where we are without you. And uh, we just want to thank you for that so much. As all, I think I can speak as all fans. But anyway, let's not make this even longer than it has to be. Hope you enjoyed the rest of the show and come on you Spurs. Hello guys, Metodi from Bulgaria here. Thank you very much for once again having me on your fantastic show. Well, what can I say about the upcoming game between Spurs and Ludogorets? It's really difficult to tell what form Ludogorets are currently in because more than 10 players are still recovering from COVID-19. Uh, as a matter of fact, their league game against Botev this weekend was postponed because according to the rules of the Bulgarian FA, any team with 10 or more infected players is not allowed to play. The good news for Lodogorets is that the quarantine of the majority of these infected players ends today, November the 23rd. So in theory, they'll have enough players to face Spurs on Thursday in London. Completely another matter is the fact these players haven't trained or played for two weeks. One of the players who've tested positive is left-back and Bulgarian international Anton Nedialkov, and he's a really key player for Ludogorets. Another one is Madagascar midfielder Abel Anise. As you can see, it's really difficult to predict a starting 11 of Ludogorets for this Thursday's game in London. As for a final score prediction, based on the performance in the first game in Razgrad, 
I would say that I expect another easy win for Spurs, maybe 2 or 3 new to the team coached by Jose Mourinho. That's it from Bulgaria. Stay well and safe. Greetings, Metody Shumanov. And we're back. Uh, thank you to Metody and Anna for, for their words. Good stuff. So, preview time. Thursday, uh, Ludogrets in Europa Cup. Um, I'll start with you, Lee. Um, how do you see that going? What with Chelsea on the horizon as well? A much-changed team from yesterday, no doubt. So, uh, your thoughts on that coming up? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, with a couple of injuries um, that we've picked up, like with Toby uh, and with Doherty, not, uh, we ain't got an injury as he's uh, wishing him the best. He's got COVID. Um, it's, not, it's not a nice thing to do. I've had it in March. So hopefully he comes, he comes back okay. Um, but uh, I don't think he'll be available for Thursday. Um, so I think uh, Jose will bring the changes. I'm I hoping, um, I'm going to mention his name, but I'm hoping Delhi gets uh, gets in the squad and hopefully gets a start. Um, I, I'm not sure, actually, you know, thinking back to what John said earlier, you know, I'm, I'm not worried. I'm just not worried, you know, who comes into the side. I think hopefully Vinicius will get a start. Um, we get, uh, I think we've got Lamella, who may be coming back from an injury. I don't know if we've got any team news on that. You know, he might get a run out because of fitness things. He's just been injured. Um, but certainly the lads that didn't start, you know, you got a Harry Winks that wasn't, uh, didn't start. Or wasn't, I don't think he's in the match day squad in the end. Uh, obviously, Deli Ali missed out. Um, you, you'll probably be looking at Ben Davis starting as well, maybe as a centre-back. Um, and, and he might come in with his, uh, he can't come in, I was going to say, he might come in with his Welsh teammate, but he can't because he's not registered for, for Europa. Um, so, uh, look, I, I think Joe wants to get the job done. So I don't think he'll be taking them lightly. Um, as before, you know, with, against Antwerp, that was a real, real messy result for us in terms of the, the, the longer haul. It means that we've got to put out probably a bigger side, if you like, for this game than what, what it would probably like before the Chelsea match. Um, but even so, I think we get the job done relatively easily. I don't want to sound complacent, but I think we're relatively, you know, Ludogorets are the whipping boys of the group, aren't they? They are, they are, they seem to be. Jamie, for you, a little prediction for Thursday night? Yeah, yeah, of course. I think it's it's got to be three points. I think they are the side that are bottom of the group. They're yet to pick up a point. So it's definitely got to be three points. But um, I think, as Lee said, um, obviously, I think Davis might potentially come in as a, as a centre-back. And that, that kind of shows you why he's an important player in the team. Um, the fact that he's kind of offer us a number of different positions to play in. So, um, yeah, I think he'll come in, at, potentially come in at centre-back. But it does kind of highlight maybe the need to add another central defender because if you think really now we've only got Eric Dyer and Sanchez available as actual centre-backs that can play in the Europa League. So maybe there is a need to go and add another central defender. But yeah, I mean, look, I think I think another thing as well is how we're going to manage kind of playing Thursday and Sunday. I think so far we've seemed to have done it quite well. Of course, against West Brom, we went and got the three points having played the Europa League. So um, yeah, interested to see kind of how we manage it. But I'm definitely confident that, that Spurs will go and get the win on uh, on Thursday. John, do you think there's any benefit in starting with a strong team and trying to get us a few goals up and take players off and rest them or just uh, start with a with a weakened, I say weakened, it doesn't look like any weaknesses at the moment, but not your normal Premier League starting eleven. So uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, for me, and I would never, ever advocate this for an away game, but as it's a home game, I'm actually I'm planning out the team in my head a little earlier on and I'm going to make 11 changes, actually. Um, so I'm going to start wow. with Joe Hart in goal, uh, Tanganga at right back, 
Sanchez and Davis at centre-halves, Dennis Serkin coming in at left-back, Harry Winks, Lo Celso and Deli as a midfield three, and then Mora, Vinicius and Bale. I mean, look, if you can't beat uh, Ludogorets at home with that team that's full of internationals, full of people that have gone on and won things, uh, then serious questions have to be asked. And I said I would never do it away from home. We, we tried something similar at Antwerp, who hadn't lost on their home patch for 14 months, and we come unstuck. You know, but this is at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I'm very confident um, that we, we can do something with that team. And that's the team I'll be playing. I think the Chelsea game is huge on the weekend. And let's make some uh, make some changes. But what, but what a squad that is, though. If you look, kind of listen to the players that John listed off there, I, mean, I, I, I kind of haven't really thought about the team for Thursday. But if you, you know, listen to it like that, it shows you what depth we have in this squad now. And that's going to be really important for Spurs. And yeah, that's really exciting hearing John kind of give that predicted lineup. Just shows you kind of the strength we have now in this squad. So... That's really Bale will definitely start, won't he? There's no doubt about yeah. that. Bale, Vinicius will start. Yeah, like you say, Lucas. Wings. Um, you know, that's you know, that's 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 a that's a very, very strong front three. Um, anyway. Uh Joe Hart, like like we said, yeah. I mean, thinking about it, it's um it's like you say, I totally confident. You've got to be going into that and 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 actually being as fresh as you can be for the Chelsea game. I know I know it's one game at a time and we have to get a result against Ludogorets. So I'm not trying to take them lightly, but you've got to have, you know, your big the big boys have to have to be available for Chelsea. They have to be. Yeah. The other thing to consider Lee, is that Chelsea are playing on Tuesday. So they've got two additional days rest over us, which is massive at this stage. Always, isn't it? It's Basically always, means always we won't train till a light session Friday afternoon and we're straight into action on the weekend. It's a huge, huge advantage. And unfortunately we have to roll the dice, you know, and if I could have chosen a fixture to have to roll the dice, it would be Ludogorets at home. We've already pummeled them away. Let's get the job done. Those players I listed can do it. I've got no worries about the game. John, a little bit if you do have on the Sirkin, uh, because uh, not a player, but we've seen much of, but a little bit of the type of player he is who you could maybe compare him to. And uh, does he excite you? Yeah, massively. He's a, he's a great player. He's been England's at youth levels, first choice left back throughout all the different age groups, starting from under 15s onwards. And, you know, you've seen how successful England are at youth uh, tournaments and level, and that shows you the sort of how highly he's respected. I always say to people when they ask me about Dennis Erkin, you could drop him in to a Premier League game and he wouldn't look out of place. He's that sort of player. He'd come in, he'd do a job, he wouldn't do anything too risky, but he wouldn't do anything that, you know, put you at, at danger of, you know, conceding a goal or making a silly mistake. He's a really solid player. The most similar player in the Premier League I'd compare him to is Ben Chilwell, um, in terms of the sort of style of player he is. Um, yeah. he, he's confident on the ball. He, he just needs a chance. I've got absolute faith that once he's given a chance, he will not look out of place. And suddenly you think, oh, we've got another left back here. And it could long term lead to the Tottenham maybe cashing in on Ben Davis because we've got this now young up and coming homegrown left back um, who can battle with Regulon for, for a start. And then obviously we're going to have Sessegnon coming back from his loan as well, which he's now doing very well in. He actually scored on the weekend his first Bundesliga goal. So I was really pleased for him. So we've got some really exciting options at left back. And Dennis Serkin will not let anyone down. And looking further ahead, there's going to be a really international battle for his services. I said he's been capped for England at multiple levels, but um, he was actually born in Dublin. Um, so Ireland, I know, are, are keen on him as well. Um, and he's also got some uh, Latvian heritage as well. So there's a whole interesting... Uh, dynamic with Dennis Serkin, but he seems to be the preferred choice for England. And, and that's where I imagine he'll end up uh, representing if, if all goes well. Brilliant. He's already a, uh, a 10 for me. He sounds... He's <laughs> me too, up. mate. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, superstar. I'm, I really want to see him play now Thursday night. I'm just, just to be excited by players coming through like that. It's just brilliant. Just, just brilliant. So after Thursday, just a small matter of uh, that mob over in West London. 
Chelsea. Uh, oh, man. Oh, where do we... Listen, I mean, there's a great question, actually, and this is one I've been pondering since yesterday. And at Hetzpers asked this very same question that I'd been thinking about. Um, do we change style versus Chelsea in that game? Do we go with what we've done against Man City? Stick or twist? I'll come to you, Jamie. What, what do you think? A little prediction and the way we play. Yeah, I, I think we will kind of uh, see a similar sort of approach. Um, I think, as it said, you know, it does kind of play to our strengths as well. I mean, look, we've kind of seemed to have built a, a solid base now in terms of the defence. Um, we're really good going forward. And Chelsea, they are a strong side at the moment. Obviously, I think they're second in the league um, at least. So they're going to obviously be, they are a strong side and they've got a lot of attacking threat. You look at the likes of Ziyech, Werner, and maybe they are slightly similar in a way to Chelsea where they don't have like a, a, the real cutting edge. Yes, they'll create a lot of opportunities, but maybe um, that might be where we sit deep and kind of frustrate them. So, um, yeah, I, th I think we would definitely see a similar approach on, on the weekend to what we saw against Manchester City. For you, Lee, what are you, what are you saying for, for Sunday? A little prediction and uh, would you stick or twist with a uh, game plan? I think I think this is why I love Jose so much because I think that the game plan will be slightly different regardless if we sit in and do a what was it called Kane called it a mid block actually not a low block uh, this week um so whether or not we sit and do a low block a mid block a high block whatever type of block um if if you look at the game that we played them in the Cowbell Cup it was a little bit like that. We let them have the ball in the first half and we went one nil down and, it, and the game plan wasn't brilliant. And then the second half, we it almost like left the shackle, let the shackles off um, and we attacked them a lot more. Um, I think so slightly different. I, I mean, again, I go back to what I want to see and what I want to watch is, is us do well and beat them. I think this game is absolutely critical. Don't lose. And I'm not saying that we go out for a draw. I'm not saying that. But don't lose this game because you know you're looking at the table. Uh, Liverpool have just gone three and up as we're talking. So you know they're 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 second in the Premier League now. We're top. We're going into that fixture at the weekend, top of the Premier League, and Chelsea are two points behind us. So it's really important that you know that we don't lose to these teams. We he done the double over us, Frank Lampard done the double over Jose last season. You know he's going back to his old club. John said it earlier. It's a horrendous ground for us in terms of you know history wise. Um, and, uh, you know, Deli Ali loves it. I've mentioned him three times this pod. Deli Ali loves that ground. So who knows? But I mean, I think for me, I would take a, I would take a one nil. I'm not going to lie. I would absolutely <laughs> yeah. take a one. I'll bite your arm off for it now. But I do think there'll be goals. Jamie said that do look like they're, I mean, they've scored the most goals in the Premier League, just one more than us um, at the moment. And uh, they do look like they've got goals in them. So, it's going to be a tough game, but these are the games that, that I think, and again, it, it, it will probably be, you know, a, a, um, you know a, a fine margin that will define this game because that's what they normally are, a silly free kick or a penalty or, or something like that. But we're up there. Don't, don't even worry about that. We are up there. And I think that defending-wise, they, they have had massive problems. They conceded free to West Brom. Right, not being funny, like three to West Bromwich Albion, right? So they've had they've got some issues in defence. So I think if we can get our front three firing on the day, if it's Bale, Kane, and Son, um, then uh, I think I think we can we can take them out. John, how do you see us getting a result versus Chelsea? Can you see any weaknesses in them and where we should where we should be going for in that game? 
Yeah, a couple of things on Chelsea. Obviously, when we played them in the Carabao Cup, their their lineup was far stronger than ours actually on that night, and we still got the job done. Uh, since we beat their keeper five times out of five from the spot, he seems to have uh, revitalised himself. This new guy, Mendy, they signed. He's kept a phenomenal number of clean sheets in, in recent weeks. So we'll have to be on top form to, 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 uh, to score. But I've got no doubt with the likes of Kane and Son that that will happen. Um, it'll just be about how we defend down the other end. And, and if uh, a player I think he's been missing for Chelsea in recent weeks, just because I've not heard his name, maybe you guys can correct me, but I've not seen Pulisic for a number of weeks. I think he's a fantastic player. I obviously hope he's not playing because... When they signed him, it was a little bit quiet at the start and suddenly he turned into this like new version of Eden Hazard. And I was thinking, shit, you know, suddenly Chelsea are back where they were and we're going to be all powerful and dangerous. But uh, I've not heard his name mentioned the last few weeks. So hopefully he's not uh, available. He's one I would worry about if he was. Um, but just generally, you know, it's always a tough game at Chelsea. And uh, I think we're very sort of similarly even match. You know, we, we've got uh, Ndombele, they've got Kante, we've got Kane, they've got Werner. You know, these are players all of a very high, high end level. Um, tough game would I take a draw absolutely um, but if we do lose and I don't want to put a downer on this if we do lose I ask fans to remain positive about what we've done beforehand I think that by getting those four straight wins and especially those three you know forget the statement Man City win which is huge but those three grinded out wins you know Burnley away getting the job done 1-0 Brighton at home 2-1 uh, West Brom away 1-0 those wins allow us now to have a loss you know it, nobody wins all the time. It just don't happen, you know. No. So I think we're allowed a loss now. And if it came at this fixture at Chelsea that historically we always do badly, so be it if we then go on and win our next couple, you know, the North London derby against Arsenal. And being like that. Think... So let's just remain calm if we do lose it. Let's not all start panicking, mm. oh, the season's over. And no, it's not. You are, you are right. Let's not do that. Let's just focus on the good things that we've done so far. OK, we've had a blip and we'll go again. You know, so I've got full confidence in this team and the manager that we would be able to do that. I think I think you make a good point, John, about uh, that. I mean, we, we talked about, you know, kind of the analysis last week about, you know, when we went top for 27 minutes or whatever. But by the way, we're going to be top for the whole week. Aha. Um, so no more screenshot. Um, but we, we made the point about kind of, you know, horrendous fixtures lists, you know, in the next kind of six games where we've got to play Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, Leicester City, you know, and they're big games. There's no doubt about it. But but actually, if you take 12 points from them six games, well, I think Palace of Ways in there as well, that was our next six fixtures. If you if 12 points out of them six games, that's still pretty much championship form. Um, you know, you're, you're up there for two points per game. Uh, we're currently on 2.25 points per game. So you would like maybe to get maybe 14 points out of it rather than a 12. But like, like you just said, John, if we lose one or two of them games, it's not an absolute disaster. You would probably be looking at this batch of fixtures together and go, if we can get 12 points out of that lot and then, you know, hit the Christmas period, we're still on track. But, but I just think, again, you talk about mentality again and you talk about statements. If we go to Stanford Bridge and, and beat them, it's a six-pointer because we take three points off of them and obviously we gain three points. And it's huge because you, all of a sudden we're five points clear of Chelsea. We've just beaten them in their own backyard and we're probably still top of the league. Well, we will be, won't we? Um, yeah. so, so it's a huge, huge game. Ludogrets first, Chelsea afterwards. But uh, come on, you Spurs. I think we can do it. I think, I, think, I think we can do it, Crackers. What do you think? Do you think we can do it? Yeah, of course. Do you know what? Here, here is a massive sign of the new mentality and the new confidence. The fact that we've sat here, the four of us, and quite calmly discussed this and quite calmly spoke about being top of the league. And it's almost like taking it in our stride. There would have been a time when this, oh, 
honestly, we'd have been letting party poppers off and it would have been, oh, she's like, hey. We'd have been getting the DVD me. out, mate. Getting the DVD out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the proverbial DVD. <laughs> but we're just very calmly discussing this. And, you know, as John said, if we do take a loss on that Sunday, it's not ideal, but it isn't the end of the world. And, you know, I think that's just a sign of the mentality that Jose has now began to put into the into the fan base. It's, it's fantastic. Long may yeah. it continue. So, if, you, uh, if, you look at, if you look at the top three now, because obviously Leicester have just lost. So if you look at the top three... Uh, in the Premier League, it's Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham, Hotspur, um, in reverse order, by the way. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, the goals scored, the goals uh, conceded, they're very, very tight. Um, you know, the, the game's lost. We're the only three clubs now in the Premier League to only have lost one game, but all three of us have lost the game. It's very tight. We're level on points now, Liverpool at the top, but uh, uh, on goal difference. So, it would be fantastic to get a win, to, to get one over them. But, you know, a draw would be a really good result away from home as well. So, Great stuff. Jamie? Just saying, you said about not getting carried away. I have just got a very nice notification on my phone, which says uh, Liverpool go level on points with Premier League leaders Tottenham after a 3-0 uh, win over Leicester. So, um, yeah, not getting too carried away, but that was a very nice notification to receive. So. Come on, now, you, now you've made me all excited. I was keeping <laughs> a lid on it. Often, I was being all professional and all Ricky Sacks right up until that point. And now I've gone. Now, now, now you've stoked the fire. Uh, listen, brilliant stuff. All right. Uh, to Jamie, to John, to Lee, thank you so much for making my, my debut, popping my virginity here. and making Brilliant it debut, Crackers. Well done, mate. It was fantastic stuff. And listen, whether it's low block, mid block, just get yourself on top of a tower block this week and shout across the country. Tottenham Hotspur, top of the league. Come on. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. We'll be back on Thursday again. Uh, maybe with some news from the Sachs household. Maybe they may have uh, increased by one. Who knows? Let's see. Thank you very much. Hope you've enjoyed that. And as ever... From everybody at Last Word on Spurs, I'm on you, Spurs! Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.